welcome to the Combat Exchange. This is Prashant Pasunuri and I am joined by National MMA Champion and IMF Representative for India, Karan Chauhan. Welcome to the show, Karan Chauhan. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you so much. Today we have a very special guest with us who happens to be a four-time national champion, a three-time IMF MMA India representative, and who also happens to be a UFC commentator for Sony on Sony 10-3, Bala Krishna Patanji. Bala, how are you doing? Hi, guys. What's up? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, excited man. to be on this show, Combat Exchange. For Thank you for calling me the, for the first time, your first guest. Yes. So that yes. is a very good honor. We are thank you for it's our first episode, and I, I couldn't think of a better person to ask because Bala knows about people that, you know, people in their own. People in their own federations don't know about. Bala knows every small, small fighter from every nook and cranny of the world. So I couldn't think of anybody better. Where did this whole journey in MMA begin for you? Tell us a little bit about yourself in your background in sport. I understand you have a master's in sport management. That started later. First, it was you know a very normal story where a kid who's fat, you know, looking for ways mm-hmm. to lose weight. And right. I'm bored with gym. I was doing gym like weight training, normal weight training for like two two years or three years and I was like, I was, I was very bored of it. So I was looking for a good way to lose weight. So mm. apparently, uh, ah, during that time, Kurban, uh, I don't know if you know the movie, Kurban, yes, is yes. Ali, Ali yeah. yeah, so I saw, I saw uh, his article where uh, he said that he was doing kickboxing for weight loss and okay. getting shape. So I searched my nearby kickboxing gyms and I came upon uh, Zen Fitness Studio, Zen Kickboxing Academy. And from there, my journey started. Uh, so that was my start. I didn't have any expectation or, you know, I didn't want to go pro or anything else. Like right now, or even fight. I was mm. just like, I want to get in shape, lose weight. You no, know, it's a good way of doing it. I didn't right. even know MMA. Like I didn't mm. know MMA. I went there as a kickboxing gym. And then, you know, there I started kickboxing and they introduced me the concept to the concept of MMA. And I was interested. So, you know, I started doing it. And uh, and then uh, I I didn't even know you could fight in this. So mm. once I was just surfing through the channels and uh, I saw Brock Lesnar fighting. Okay. Now okay. Brock Lesnar was not fighting in WWE. Brock Lesnar okay. was fighting in UFC. For a change, and he was fighting one, in the UFC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one of his rare fights I and saw. And this was on, back in this was back in 2000? Uh, 2014. This 14. 14. Okay. Yeah, so before that, I have no no sports background. Right. So I have no sports background. Mm. Like, no, nothing, no, not an, uh, any athlete. So nothing, right. not karate, mm. not boxing, okay. nothing. So mm. I just saw Brock Lesnar and I was like, okay, this is something like WWE, like another promotion of professional wrestling. But uh-huh. uh, it was, then I came to know, oh, this is like, this is real shit. This is the real yeah. shit, not uh, some, you know, uh, acting. Uh, no, no research to professional wrestler, but yeah. So then I was like, okay, I was interested now, and uh, then I started, you know, going seriously. And I used to train, you know, I I actually at that time I was doing my CA, like okay. I was studying for my CA, and I had some vacation. Hmm. So uh, my classes started at seven o'clock uh, in the uh, evening, but I used to come there at six o'clock, and I used to hit the bags with the. I used to just do roundhouse kicks. Okay. Just you know, uh, come there one hour early. So mm. that that is how I got my start. Mm. And eight months later, my coach asked me if you want to fight. Uh, mm. oh, okay. Yeah. So eight months later, 
after I started, my coach asked me if I wanted to fight, and I was like, okay, I will fight. And uh, that event was Body Power in 2015. Hmm. It was the first time uh, any amateur national championship have t- had taken place uh, on okay. that scale. And hmm. uh, the main event after that was SFL. So SFL 39, SFL 39 took place on the final day. Before okay. that, we were fighting in the amateurs. Mm-hmm. So I was fighting in the light heavyweight division, and uh, I had two opponents. First opponent, and, and like that's nothing to speak of. I just injured my first opponent with the left high kick, and the second opponent with the right head kick, and that was like my first experience of a knockout because that guy was sleeping for like two or three minutes. Okay. So, oh, it was very scary. Uh, I don't know if you've seen yeah. the video. You can find it on my Instagram. So, uh, yeah, yeah. so. I mean, it was light heavyweight division, so I was like, I was not that much in shape. So, but that was very scary for, and that was after after a time when he got up and everybody assured me. I was actually scared. Ki, oh my god, what I had done! <laughs> but like, uh, everybody assured me that you know everything is good. So I was happy. I was very excited. So that was a very great start for me. Hmm. And since then, to be honest, uh, five years later. No, it's 20, almost end of 2020, and I have not had that much fight, that many fights as I should have had. Hmm. But because I was in a very heavy division, so you know, uh, I didn't get that much, that many fights uh, to fight that many uh, fighters. But right. yeah, after that, the journey was that was my first national championship, uh, hmm. and then in 2017 i had my second national championship win. So 2016, I didn't really fight that much, or only a couple of kickboxing matches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kickboxing matches, uh, grappling matches. Then in 2017, I had my national championship, second national championship. I had the uh, uh, silver medal in the national jiu-jitsu championship. Then I fought in Yodha also in 2017. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, again, uh, that was actually my third national championship in Delhi. But okay. I lost my fight because I, I had gone to a lighter weight class, the middleweight division. And hmm. my weight cut was like, I, I didn't know what I was doing and I was gassed in the first round. Oh, so okay. I lost my fight. But hmm. after that, I got a chance to represent India in the World Championship 2018. Okay. And after, uh, so that was my first time going to Bahrain to represent India in World Championship. Hmm. I lost that fight to a, a Bahraini wrestler. No, wrestled the shit out of me. Then in 2019 was a good year for me because I won two national championships there. Hmm. And uh, yeah, in two national championship, and I represented India twice. Once in the Asian Championships, and hmm. again uh, in November in 2019 for the World Championships. And that that is my whole journey in anyway. So I won my fourth national championship and third national championship in 2019. So 2019, I won two national championships. So that was, I think, a very successful year for me. Okay. And after that, 2020 was the shit show we all know it is. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is my journey in MMA. A long time to be an amateur, but you know, I want to go pro when I'm, I know I can be in that. Mm. So for now, at least for one more year, I will be competing in the amateurs and getting experience, which I know I want and which I, uh, which I know that I know what I have to do to be a pro. So that's not a worry for me. And when I get to that confidence level, I will, or what I want, to see in myself, I will definitely go. So within a year or two, I will go. So that is my whole journey from start to to right now in MMA. 
kind of little light on what Bala said earlier that he didn't he didn't have a lot of fights because he was because he was in heavier weight class. Uh, what people don't know is that there are not there are not a lot of fighters that uh, that apply for fights that you know go to weight onwards. So you have uh, you have eleven weight divisions. You have um, straw weight. You have flyweight. You have bantam weight, featherweight, lightweight. You have uh, welterweight, um, middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight. Sorry, nine weight classes, not eleven. Um, the welterweight onwards, that seventy-seven kgs onwards, is not a lot of people that apply and register for the register for the fight. So there, so those weight divisions are usually not as stacked as lighter weight classes. Yeah, so a lot of people that get into fighting because they well, it's just, it's just, it just you it goes with where, where, where you are in the world. But it's changing now because uh, in Bangalore Open, the last nationals I won, I had to fight four mm-hmm. times. So there were a total of I think 27, 28 people yeah, in the welterweight. You fought at welterweight. You fought at yeah, welterweight. So if you were still at yeah. middleweight, if you were still at middleweight, you would have probably had three or two fights. No, no. Even even Weber in middleweight had three fights. So okay. like it's even in light heavyweight division there were two or three fights. So I think it's a really? good fact. We have like in that in that national championship we had around 300 participants. So that was a huge scale. Wow. Very happy okay. that uh, you know India is going to that scale that you have uh, you know four fights, five fights because uh, as even as Karan knows that you know four or five fights really take a toll on you. Right. Yeah, it's especially when you're fighting in the amateurs in the international mixed martial arts federation tournaments, the IMF tournaments. You have to make weight every day, so you have to maintain a certain weight limit. You mm-hmm. can't be too heavy. You can't, and and you're not always at your healthiest necessarily when you're fighting. Yeah, when you're making it a certain weight class throughout five days, it's hard enough to make it on the first day, let alone you know five days in a row. But it instills that discipline of staying, uh, staying at a healthy weight and fighting at a healthy weight. Yeah. 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 And then you know just like putting high CTs on one whole day. What are you so we were talking about the IMF, we were talking about the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation and uh, their everyday weighing-in system. So you weigh in the morning of the fight. So you uh, so you have to make weight between, um, you have to, sorry, give your weight between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. They weigh at least, how many athletes were there in this world championship when we went for it, Bala? 400 to 500 athletes. Jesus Christ. So they had to weigh in 500 athletes in just under two hours. So that was quite a... It was quite a, I don't know, it's a, it was quite a behemoth task for IMF, which is why, you know, they're so particular about everything and they don't give you even one gram weight allowance, which uh, which Team India learned the hard way when our uh, former world champion Mehboob was disqualified because he couldn't make weight. He was just, he was, I think he was 100 or 50 grams overweight, wasn't he? How much yeah, was he? Yeah, 115.2. So... One one five so pounds, point two pounds, close to one hundred fifty okay, so grams. Okay, point two pounds. So yeah, exactly. So he's about one hundred and fifty grams overweight. So it disqualified him, and he was a returning world champion. So it just speaks volumes on how strict they are about um, about the way they cut weight. I mean, about the way they about their rules and regulations, and their no weight allowance. Uh, their no weight allowance rules. Uh, how did you shift into being an MMA? What would I call it? An MMA nerd. Into you know getting getting into MMA, getting to know so much deep into MMA. So how and why and when did that transition come about? That actually came about to be honest when I 
you know, I don't know. Like I have this thing where if I'm getting into everything, I I go deeply into the background of it to study, just to study. So hmm. even like even if I go before, I was a football fan. Like I, right. I don't follow it right now, but hmm. I used to follow football. So I would know if, if, if like I would re- recite to you the whole team, who is the substitute, hmm. what strategies they are doing. Hmm. Oh. I don't I don't play football that well even. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I I am an okay football player. Very okay. Like in the gully wala football player. So I mean, like not even like uh, team team football. Like Have you been a gully fighter team. for that case? Have you been a gully 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 MMA fighter? <laughs> no, no street fights. No street fights. <laughs> I, I I absolutely hate confrontation. Mm. Any kind of do you know any guys who are into street fighting as uh, as such in India? In gully, gully street fighting or gully fighting like that? Oh, I, don't, I don't really know. Though. Because... Uh, yeah, we stay as far away from those people as we possibly can. We yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, don't, I don't mess around yeah. with these guys. Hmm. Because uh, they don't have anything to lose. I, right. To be honest, I feel like I shouldn't fight in a gully because I have a lot of things to lose. Even without my MMA career also. Like I have a lot of things to lose, so I like even if something happens, I am like, no, okay, if I do be it, no, okay, and I just get out of it. I try to avoid it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so exactly, uh, so basically, if mm-hmm. I am into anything, I like to go deep into it. Like even if I don't know how to do it, I just for the knowledge thing or the stats thing, like I would have told right. you, you no. Know, uh, football may he should have used that this stat he should have used that stat you know uska history pata hai wo team ka history pata hai tujhe right like right gate mein ye was whatever mm-hmm. so i i am like that for anything like any any subject i am like that so for mma also to go into a background wasn't a big deal for me but the time i took it seriously was when i won that like uh, first fight okay very, uh, second fight the first national tournament okay emphatically and like people were very impressed with me and uh, like everybody was even professional fighters or that uh, SFL ka commentator who is also now in Sony okay. uh, Arjun mm-hmm. uh, who is the commentator he came and told me wow amazing fight you know, two or okay. three professional fighters also told mm-hmm. so that was like the best start I could have ever had and that really got me into thinking ki, oh I can be a fighter you know? mm-hmm. and that at that time light heavyweight middleweight had, didn't have anybody Mm, okay. so, so I was the only guy who was in that, that heavy who could do things technically rather than just swinging right. so I had confidence that okay, I can do things and that is how you know my start uh, and actually like see you win your first fight and then you you are encouraged if maybe I would have lost that fight then maybe things would have turned differently mm. that is how it mm. how seriously do you take your results win or lose I know you take your so training very seriously you train very hard. But how serious do you take your results? It's different ah, for it different people now. As, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, it's different from person to person as Bala said because um, I've seen Bala take a loss and, you know, not not make much of it. Maybe he doesn't, maybe he's not telling, he doesn't tell everybody what he's feeling. But for me, I take it incredibly personally. Whenever I lose, I, I don't know, I can't help but cry because I put in so much work and, you know, work into into what I've done, um, I, I I I gave up on time with my family. I gave up on time with uh, with my loved ones. I gave up on time with my significant other. I gave up on a lot of things that bring me joy to you know to, mm-hmm. to, to be victorious and to have that taken away from you in front of the whole world. It's a very it's a very soul sucking 
uh, it's very soul sucking feeling and it's not it's not good to it's not, it's not it's not good to feel that so some people are more vulnerable than others but uh, yeah everybody is very very different from each other what about you one yeah funny story uh, you know like uh, i don't know if i like it but you know the first yes. time i met karan was when he was like i actually didn't meet karan i was preparing for like mm. i was chilling for my fight because i had to fight next or in some time mm. and karan had just lost his semi finals in the 2019 nationals and he was actually crying uh, <laughs> and uh, his opponent's coach and his uh, grandfather was consoling him so i was just looking at him i don't know if he noticed me that time or i was just looking at him and i was like okay yeah. like, you know happens uh, the only time i have cried is uh, in the delhi nationals where i was like uh, i was very you know mentally tired and due to the weight cut because i i had to make weight at 84 but i didn't know because i didn't even have a weighing scale and we did at 81 and i was very tired and i was very disappointed in myself so you know I, that is the only time i cried with a loss i don't know like uh, maybe like other than that i have only lost in like international so World Championship Asian again boys. So I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't really feel like I felt angry with me, but I never felt like hmm. you know. I was just frustrated with it, but I never hmm. felt the need to you know, have to break anything or you no know, get get sad or anything. Right. So, hmm. I don't know. Maybe right. maybe if I if I feel that way, I will feel that way. But for right. at least when Karan saw me, I didn't feel that way. So mm. you know, it, everybody yeah. takes the loss differently because we also saw that, like uh, the Dagestani guys, uh, every time they lost, they just they just went berserk. They just like, started crying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you uh, you remember the current who who yeah and, I, remember. Uh, I remember I remember Mago 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 Yeah, everybody processes it differently because it's a it's about different people, right? So yeah. I don't really, I or rather I have stopped. Maybe that crying, first crying experience. Maybe uh, I told myself that I won't cry for it. You know, I will just make it better sometimes. Of course, right. I feel angry that I lost, and right. I actually have lost because of my stupidity. But mm. maybe I, I felt like okay, I will do better. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's that's the mentality. Obviously, it, it's different for different people. See, sometimes when people like you just said these Dagestani guys. Now you talk about guys from Russia. Russia in the last in the in the two thousand nineteen uh, World Championships had the maximum amount of gold medals, silver medals, and bronze medals. They had the highest number of medals, and they were the number one team in the world at the time. So when you're training around, you're training with and around these absolute killers. You know, for so many months at a time, you put in so much work, and then you lose. Hmm. You're you're. There's a feeling of utter disbelief about the fact that you've lost. You right. Know? So it, it's 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 almost you you can't accept the fact that you've lost, which is mm-hmm. why people are so emotional about their losses, especially guys from that part of the world that that tear themselves away from their families, that uh, you know spend months away and get like with, with just around other guys, just fighting every day, thinking about fighting, eating, fighting, drinking, shitting, pissing, fighting. That's all they ever think about. That's all they ever do. so for them to take a loss like that i can i i can only imagine what they feel you know because i i have to I still have the comfort of my home i'm giving up on it by choice most of those guys don't have a choice because it's the only way out for them from a life of you know from a bad life it's the only path to a good life okay that's cool 
so yeah so, so it's yeah it's 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 different yeah, sure. for different people because uh, different people are investing different amount of uh, energy on the on their uh, competition or on their fights and yeah it's another conversation exactly. i think it's a very deep conversation as deep as we get into it because as fighters you need to be balanced but at the same time you need to be very very serious about your fighting if you're fighting for you know if you're fighting for your life if you're fighting as a professional fighter in some way bala mm-hmm. is associated with the ufc what's that about exactly so you go from so, so bala has gone like in, in in my observation that i've made from bala bala has gone from being this dedicated fighter to being associated with what i can only describe as a monopoly in the mma world you know it's not not so much anymore because of all the other organizations that are coming up but uh, you the ufc is still is still the gold standard of mma still the platinum standard of mma in the world when you make it to the ufc that's only what 1 or 2% of the fighters in the world do and i'm so proud of the fact that my friend is associated with the ufc in a certain way which you know i dreamed of you know like i i i love watching fights and that's his job watching and commentating fights is his job although it's in hindi and hindi is not my strong suit but bala is so fluent in hindi and and when i've heard him speak when i've heard him commentate he's so clear and everything is so concise when he speaks so bala how do you how do you how do you how do you um how do you converse with the audience how do you how how do you make everything so clear and concise in hindi <laughs> Yeah, I take inspiration from you know uh, if you watch the earlier days of UFC, if you watch the earlier days, earlier fights, you know, at uh, right yeah. now the thing is that a lot of audience is uh, you know well versed at least in the uh, the foreign countries. Yeah, yeah, well versed with you know the submissions, not just the striking. Striking is obviously very easy to understand. You know, you just knock someone out. whatever you're hitting it but in submissions you see those scrambles on the ground you yeah. see those scrambles going on and i you know i studied you know i used to obviously used to fight, watch those fights mm. in ufc and least or even uh, on youtube or whatever so yeah. uh, in that joe rogan is very like a very inspiring person for me because the, he used to actively teach people yes. you know like you know what is this this is a yeah. triangle this clinch position you may think that okay nothing is happening in a clinch against the cage but you know a lot of subtleties are happening so i have tried to you know at least i have tried to you know make that my aim that i have to uh, teach the hindi audience most of them who do not know anything about mma so i have to teach them about okay this is how the fight is going on you know even if they are if you see that they are teaching but they are not but a lot of subtleties are happening where a person is trying to trip the guy or even in the submission or, or a guard position where you know a fighter is below you know on the bottom and the other guy is on the top but maybe it can be so that the bottom guy is uh, more dominant so that uh, the subtleties of the ground game and the subtleties of you know footwork movement yeah everything i try to i try to keep that in mind that my audience i try to talk to them as uh, as if they are watching mma for the first time they will you know they will not just think it's a you know mindless blood fight but right it is something very technical and it's yeah. very something strategical so that is what i am uh, right. hoping to achieve with the you know because a lot of people in hindi it's uh, i think they have started it like since last year they started hindi and uh, it's a very new audience for the rural and the tired to city areas because in the metro everybody prefers you know yeah. some a lot of people have uh, heard about conor mcgregor but 
a lot of rural crowd has been joining in and for them hindi is a very because sometimes they may not be so understanding they don't understand english that well so i try to give them the same thing that you know english commentary is giving the normal people right or the right. wide audience global it's audience all, right. it's all it's almost like a responsibility that you have to communicate yes. the message in the right way hmm. Do you guys remember exactly. Mike Goldberg in the uh, in the older uh, you know older days of UFC Mike Goldberg and Joe Rogan so Joe Rogan used to take yeah. through the entire action as it is happening so he used to describe and he's putting his hand like this and what he's trying to do is he's trying to you know transition to some submission or some sort and he used to describe and call fights as and when they were happening and it's such a very rare time exactly so not everyone can do that not everyone can process the information number one not everyone can process that information and not everyone can foresee or forecast what that fighter is trying to do because the intricacies in the fight game with your hands and with your legs and with your body with your upper body with your head and this there's a lot of movement that's going on and joe rogan does a very very good very good, good job of educating the audience about ufc about the about uh, mma and the sport of mma so you were talking about the rural uh, area the rural uh, Uh, parts of india or rural india coming into uh, mma you know getting interested into mma how is that happening right now what do you see what's the uh, scale of that happening right now is it a lot of people who are uh, getting interested in who are interested in uh, mma or ufc of that sort or how is it going on see fighting at the end of the day fighting is a thing who like everybody understands which everybody understands right you yeah. don't have to speak the language to be honest yeah you don't have to you if you like dana white used to say in the early days of ufc if a basketball match is going on a fight is going on like yes. on the other side people are going to flock to the scene when the fight is happening so it doesn't take a lot to understand you know of this is a fight happening but you know uh, we have to get those people because there is a lot of talent there is a lot of talent in ufc and uh, sorry in india rural areas like wrestlers boxers who for some reason or the other maybe aren't happy with their current sport and they this is just uh, i'm talking about the fighters so wrestlers we we see a lot of wrestlers one dimensional uh, one dimensional fighters yeah. who have done wrestling karate taekwondo boxing yeah. whatever so they are trying to come into mma and they are watching ufc to you know see oh what is what is the whole scope of mma mm. this is for the fighters and mm. the fans as such uh, there is a lot of awareness because like uh, we have ritu fogat who just fought today Yeah, who just fought today and she won. So you know that is that will take a lot of you know that is a big deal because Fogart sisters are very popular in the right. northern mm-hmm. side. Yeah, so a Fogart sister winning dominantly in MMA will of course draw a lot of people to you know what is MMA. Mm-hmm. And that is how and we and it's not just us because companies are working. UFC is working on Indian audience because UFC has started providing subtitles for you know the. Uh, fights which are were well, in English, they are providing subtitles. They are investing a lot in India. They are starting a UFC gym now. One FC, one championship is also bringing in a lot of Indian fighters, you know, to improve improve that base. So we are seeing a lot of because they see the talent and they see the market. It's just just yeah. one or the other. Hmm. There are both things in India. We have the market and we have the talent. Yeah. So that is that is the reason that we will see definitely see a lot of Indian company uh, fighters. and we will see a lot of indian fans growing to be fans of ufc and i think india will be the definitely will be the next significant thing in the world of mma so uh, that is how you no know, a lot of people and including me and a lot of people in the know 
the question is how much further can we go because boxing has been around since a long time wrestling as we say has been around for a long time the i think the sports that we uh, we have a monopoly in or we are very good at are kabaddi of course and cricket i think right because cricket is one of those mm. sports uh, in which we are giants and these games have been around uh, since a long time and same for boxing same mm. for wrestling right what do you think how far we can we go uh, in terms of mma i think size the limit because uh, okay you know you we are very close okay let's right let, now. let me let me put I, let me put this question in this way what are the obstacles that indian mma has in its immediate and for the future oh yeah well, i I'll, I'll, i'll answer the previous question as well because uh, okay. i was saying uh, yeah. you know in boxing right now the only thing that is remaining is an olympic gold okay. we have i think we have a bronze we don't have a silver yet but in wrestling we have a silver we have a bronze we have world championship gold we have world championship medals and right now like there are multiple members in the boxing squad and the wrestling squad which i you know as a mma fighter i will look up to boxers and wrestlers so these guys mm-hmm. right now the wrestling squad is there are uh, i think bajrang punia is a favorite to win in the olympics you know we have the fogat sisters you have you know deepak punia uh, mm-hmm. in wrestling Mm-hmm. and jitendra kumar in 74 kg and in the boxing we have a like amit pangal is a favorite silver medalist world championship yeah. we have ashish choudhary mm-hmm. so we have a long list of people who are looking like people have said that these guys can win an olympic gold these are promising prospects yeah prom- no, not even promising yeah. they are they are saying that they can win because world championship silver medalist mm-hmm. deepak punia is a world championship silver medalist in wrestling okay. amit pangal is a world championship silver medalist in boxing so these guys can definitely challenge for the gold and uh, 2021 olympics we are definitely looking forward to those so that is the limit that is the limit and the thing is for boxing at least right now for us in mma we have that acceptability that you know if you are a good boxer you will get money right but in those time in the earlier time in before 90s before in 80s you know you had nothing you could be a national level champion you have could be an international level champion and maybe 20 years later you we will find you in some street selling vegetables or whatever yeah. but right now that is not the case that okay. is not the case right now so mm-hmm. even even those people who are fighting uh, you know who are competing in the international level they will have a secure future and mm-hmm. that is a good thing that has happened for sports throughout the years so in mma we have a good base with you know we have a good idea of what the structure should be by looking at boxing by looking at wrestling we have an idea that we want the same kind of structure for mma if we are recognized by the government when the government recognizes they have a ready made base for us they have a ready made base for mma you know okay so we will design the mma support system on the lines of wrestling or boxing something yeah. like that hmm. if the government recognizes us the sky is the limit because we already with minimal support of course you know self sponsorship whatever we are consistently you know going to world championship with gain experience and i mm-hmm. and i have as someone who has trained outside as well i was trained with ufc fighters who are trained with ufc coaches and karan will of course agree with me on this that the mm-hmm. coaches in india are no lesser than what they are in outside countries i have seen more difference so even even my coach or you know 
or other coaches i have talked to i know a lot of coaches in india as well because we meet come, meet each other on tournaments yeah. their knowledge level is not lesser than those of you know a ufc coach maybe but of course the support system you know the financial backing from parents that matters for the students but as coaches if mm-hmm. you give them a proper platform and of course for the fighters if you give them a proper platform i genuinely tell you the sky is the limit because we already had one world champion from india mehbu and we will definitely yeah. have more maybe not this maybe not immediately mm. and sorry to say you know, even even yeah. i feel bad when i say ki not immediately because even i i am the immediate for like i am me and karan karan obviously as a we former year because it's a little but for me i think this is the last year of my amateurs and i will be very bad believe me when i say that not immediately but maybe after some you know, two two three four five years we will have that no consistent level of we will where we will medal in the world championship or the international competitions hmm. so that that is the future of indian mma that that's what, how i feel yeah. about it. okay and about the obstacles of course i i told you like the financial thing is yeah. the only the support is the only thing that's stopping us nothing else because the talent level is here the coaching level is here just the financial and the government support is what it is we talk about the financial support from the government some people don't have the financial support to train they can't support themselves to train because you talk, you, you may you call mma what you want it's you know people do it for passion and everything but it's a fucking expensive sport while i think you can back me up on this because you know strength and conditioning costs a certain amount uh, nutrition costs a certain amount then um, training uh, training training down the line not in classes you know especially with with the situation right now with covid your people have to take personal training 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 with your coaches costs a, a, a whole lot you know so everything in this sport is extremely expensive because everything is extremely new and um, a lot of people confuse in our country confuse different sports and different forms of fitness and use the tag of mma so in a gym you'll have um, in a, in a gym like i'm not going to name names of gyms but um, the gyms know who they are when i talk about this they um, they teach them kickboxing and they call it they, they they give the tag of mma they teach them boxing and they call it mma they they, they teach them cardio with the the one that breaks my heart the most is where they say cardio kickboxing and they call it mma <laughs> you know so mma has this mma has this certain ring to it but it doesn't have the proper recognition and and it doesn't have the proper um, the proper depiction of what it of, of what it actually is people think that mma is this badass sport which is with you know which it is but people, there are people in our country that still corrode the name of mma and that puts a bad taste in everybody else's mouth so there so people are turned off from it yeah okay so um what i understand right now as you were speaking is that uh, the government does not the government in india does not at all support mma as a sport is it right mm-hmm. there's no financial there's, support yeah okay there's absolutely none so how far are even our national federation that? even even our national one sec even our national federation itself is just completely self supporting you know okay. those guys they are doing what they have to do to move the sport further in our country hmm. um mma india it's uh, run by sharif papu prasad gaitonde and a team of their and, and and a team of officials that they have you know there's a there's a, there's a long list of officials that help them but primarily those two uh sharif babu is the president of mma india and uh, prasad gaitonde he's the general secretary 
those two have been around the uh, MMA federation scene and amateur MMA scene for the longest time. So they know exactly they they, they know exactly how to promote amateur MMA, but they also know how to promote uh, fighters who do well for them. They know how to market themselves. And if you ask me, they've done a fantastic job in setting up organizations like Underground Fight Nights, like Fight of Nights, that has their fight cards mostly in northern India. Um, and they have a few other promotions coming up. And each MMA nationals that they host, they do a they they they, they absolutely knock it out of the park. And if you look and if you look at those you, you look at those tournaments and you think that shit, you know, somebody years and years and years of experiences has put this up but it's just it's it's, it's all self, it's all it's all self-made like all of them have 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 created contacts through years and years and years of hard work and called in every last favor they had to and that's the sad reality of it but that also speaks volumes on how on how dedicated they are to being successful and making the sport in this country successful okay so as we are speaking about indian mma at the same time i want to ask both of you uh who are who are some of the fighters do you think are going to make it big into MMA in India in the Indian circuit? I know it's a tough question to ask because maybe you've got some uh, friends of yours fighting and it might be you know biased or dicey. But I want to ask you uh, who are some like three? Can you name some three or five fighters you know who who can or who are on their way to make it big into the MMA circuit? Either Indian uh, international, most probably international. Yeah. Bala, you go first. Yeah. Uh, so my friend Karan Chauhan, I feel he'll make it. <laughs> but on, on a serious note, he will actually. So he, the the way he's been working, I see him work. So I feel that he will make it big. And of course, he's going for going to Canada for his training. So I feel definitely he'll make it. In the amateur fighters, I'll just tell you. So Karan is one. Uh, in the amateur fighters, like Nebu, Nebu is obviously there. Wow. He's a guy like. Now, the way he fights is, uh, I really look up to that guy because, you know, I, I try to watch his fights and, you know, a lot of him, a lot of it are available on, on YouTube. So, sometimes, you know, I, I, you know, I have come to the stage where I don't really like watching pro fights just for fun. I watch amateur fights mm-hmm. if I okay. uh, mm-hmm. don't want to watch fights, but right. um, it's my thing. So, right now, that's what's happening. And who else? Who else in the amateur circuit? I like, you know. Uh, really, actually, I have to think about it. Uh, it's a, I like Rahul Thapa. I like Rahul Thapa. Mm. He's a, he's a fighter. I like his style. Uh, and I like my friend and brother, Rohit Tyson, who is going to go pro. So, my, I actually, uh, you know, Rohit Nayar, who's not really fought that much amateur, but he has a long, because of injuries, actually, but he has a long career ahead of him. And he, he, he had he was really injured for a quite a while, so he didn't really show up to amateur events, but he is really good. And you know, he's like a dark horse because not a lot of people have seen him fight, but he really mm. fights well. Mm. Who else? Who else? Who else in the tournaments I really like? For now at least uh, these are the names I remember in mm. the amateur circuit. In the circuit I see Antaraj is like the first names. One of the first names I should take, Kantaraj, because the way he has dominated even international fighters makes me feel that he, of course, he's going to fight in one championship. So, definitely, we'll see him dominate some people there in the pro scene. Anshul Jubli is one I have hopes on. 
that he will do well. But because you know he's only fought in Indian scene and uh, of course he's dominated. But uh, you know in the international scene, I hope to see that guy dominate. And I guess that makes it. I, I guess that makes it five, five for you. Yeah. No, yeah, and obviously, like, no offense to all those. Of course, of course. Everybody else, because I, off the top of my head, I remember these guys. You know, in uh, dark horses, to be honest, there are a lot of people who, because Indian scene is not that consolidated where everybody knows everybody. Because mm-hmm. you may have a fighter who is five zero, but he is fighting in the smaller promotions, and we don't know about him. So I only know those people. I only know those people who are maybe fighting in the matrix or professionals who are fighting in the matrix or maybe brave or SFL. So obviously I will be able to name those people who I have seen on TV. Maybe there are there are those un- undiscovered gems. So I would like to apologize to them. They are watching. So yeah, uh, that they, these are the names I could think like like right off the top of my head. A uh, few names that I would I I could think about again. I mean I don't mean to say this. I don't mean to say your name first, Bala, because you said my name. But I genuinely mean that you know I I truly feel that Bala is going to be successful over most other fighters that I know about in this country just because of how uh, how closely he studies the sport. And I feel that that takes you a really 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 long way, not just in terms of marketing, but in terms of his own skill. Where I've not seen big guys like him move the way he does, you know, be as technical as he is. And uh, Bala and I happened to train together last week. Was it last week or was it week before last? The week before last, I guess. Yeah, week before yeah. Last. So, so we, so, so week before last, uh, Bala came home and I've set up a bunch of mats in my room and I have two bags outside. Fortunately, we couldn't do any bag work. But um, Bala's ground game for you know for a tall guy is absolutely insane. You're a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, right? So uh, yeah, sorry. You're you're a blue belt in jujitsu, right? No, I'm a purple belt, but I'm a purple belt in jujitsu. Okay. Okay. So I so I survived um I I survived a long five a long uh, five rounds with purple belt, which was a big win for me. But he still tapped me out with a wrist lock. So so to be submitted once against a purple belt was insane for me. But um. My point is that Bala is very technical, and for that reason, I feel he's going to go very, very, very far. But provided, dude, provided you fight at eighty-four kgs, because I think that's your optimal weight. I'm not going to fight at seventy-seven. I'm at least. Yeah, don't, don't, because that's. I mean, you look like a ghost at that weight, but yeah, <laughs> you look like <laughs> Michael Jackson from Thriller in that <laughs> at that weight. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you a picture. That's why it's, I'll show you a picture, Prashant. L- okay. Later, I'll show you a picture. That's why you, you, you think it's funny. Okay. You know, you know, you know why I think it's funny. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so second person right off the top of my head, hmm. um, including pros and amateurs, hmm. uh, would be of course Ritu Fogat, who I feel has every every chance of being a world champion given her current run of form at in one championship, absolutely dominating all of her opponents, taking them down, essentially just Khabibing all of them, you know, doing what Khabib does to everybody. Ritu's doing that to everybody at a much smaller weight class. And the fact that I feel that she's the number one pound-for-pound Indian MMA fighter in the world right now. The fact that she's this homegrown wrestler and has moved to Singapore and done what she and, and, and has done what she needed to do, immigrated to a different country to do what she needs to do and you know get the training she needs. It takes a lot of balls to do that. And it takes a lot of uh, guts to go away from home and do and, and take your chances with uh, 
take your chances with an absolutely new sport and be so dominant in that sport. Where they made a movie on both her sisters, but she kind of had to take a sideline. Uh, sorry, she had to she she had to take a she she had to be sidelined and you know sit on the bench for that movie. Nobody really acknowledged her in that movie. But I feel that if they make a movie about the Fogart family in MMA, that she would be the star for it. Um, Bala was talking about dark horses. There's a guy I might potentially fight one day. His name is Kaushik Saikumar from uh, from Chennai. I think he's one of the smartest fighters, which is what scares me most about him. You know, like he's uh, he's one fighter that fights with his brains. He's uh, he's a very good wrestler. He does his wrestling for MMA is fantastic. His uh, his his Muay Thai is very good. He's very good in the clinch, and his Jiu Jitsu is, from what I hear, very very good. You know, we had a chance to train together earlier this year, but I couldn't gauge it. I couldn't gauge his abilities properly because um, I wasn't really going for it in training. I don't like to really. I, I I don't like to really go for somebody in training, and I don't. He wasn't either, and I also had a lower back injury at the time. I had thrown my lower back out, and I was on bed rest for two weeks after which I went training with him. Um. Uh, the fourth fighter would be, of course, Kantara Dragasa, who I really, really, really feel is um, is a future champion in some organization in the world. If he, you know, if he goes down the right path, he's he's a very dominant wrestler. He's got a judo background. He's a he's he's, he's a black belt in judo. He's got a very he's got a, he's, he's got a very dominant grounded pound style of fighting, which which I feel takes people a long way. He's got a very good uh, way of avoiding. Good jujitsu practitioners, jujitsu for MMA. Um, and last but not least, uh, my dear friend Anshul Jubli that uh, Bala mentioned as well. He is fighting at Matrix Fight Night. Anshul, I feel, is one of the most well-rounded professional fighters in this country. Although he has only faced Indian fighters, I feel that he's beaten them in pretty effortless fashion. You know, it becomes it's very it's very easy to gauge that okay, fine, this guy is going to go places because his grappling is fantastic. He's got, he's got a very good jujitsu base. Um, his striking has come a very long way. If you saw if Bala, if you saw his video today with that with um, Rohit Tokas, yeah. Um, if you see uh, if, if you saw his video today with him, his boxing is looking really, really, really sharp. And over the last year, year and a half, his striking has come a very long way. So to see fighters like that evolve at that pace, and Anshul's young, although he has the beard and everything, he looks a lot older than both of us. He's very young, and um, and then that's in his favor, you know, like like time is on his side. And the fact that he got into the professional, he got into the professional ranks when he was actually looking for an amateur fight. In one of his interviews, he mentioned that uh, he had sent in his uh, fighter profile to fight as an amateur at Matrix Fight Night, but they gave him a pro fight against um, who did he fight in that first one? Sanjay Budwar. In, in that, in that fo- Sanjay Budwar. And and he made abs- and, and and you know he, he made that fight look easy. Although it was his pro debut, he made that fight look easy. Sanjay at the time was coming off this insane knockout against uh, Dhruv Chaudhary, and he knocked out Dhruv Chaudhary. He had done all these insane things and he was his big name in MMA but Anshul didn't let that pressure get to him you know and for, and for that like handling that sort of pressure for the way he handled that sort of pressure and for the way he fought and he made that win look so effortless I feel he's going to go very very far and with this we would like to end this episode with Bala Krishna Patangi Karan Chivan do you want to say some do you have anything to say before we uh, move on to Bala I just wanted to say thank you for, you know, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to this, whenever you guys do. Um, 
this podcast is going to be 100% honest about the unfortunate and um some of the most unfortunate realities in the sport of MMA in our country um this podcast is going to be is go- the, the purpose of this podcast is to reach out to people and tell them about the reality of the sport in this country you know because it's a fairly green sport uh it 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 comes with its struggles and it comes with its highs it comes with its lows but um everybody that listens to this i want to say thank you and uh, i want to thank pala for 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 being here i couldn't think of a better guest because you know we we, we we've heard about some fights we've heard about some fighters we've heard about aspects of this sport in 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 depth that we would probably not hear from most of any other guests that we have on and um, and 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 it's just i'm so happy that i'm finally doing this you know i wanted to do the i wanted to have a podcast of my own for very long i want to thank thank you prashant for taking this forward with me and uh, yeah i think that i think that's about it from me bala do you want to say anything uh, i just like to say thank you to you know prashant and karan for inviting me for the first episode and uh, obviously you know i hope to see this show as uh, like for mma what it does for mma is just like joe the joe rogan experience did for mma in us it it actually you know joe rogan experience was a huge uh, significant factor in you know normalizing mma to a lot of people yeah. didn't have a lot of interest in mma but you know it there is a lot of proof that joe rogan's viewers who were not in mm. into mma actually started watching mma because of the guests he brought in on his show yeah. i hope you know this show also achieved that same like same heights and uh, of course it was amazing talking to you guys for mma because you know uh, as karan also knows and i also know that we if we start talking and we can go on for like hours but uh, yeah regretfully we have to end this show right now so i would like to take this opportunity to thank karan and prashant for this amazing opportunity to offer as a first guest of combat exchange and i hope everybody liked talking about mma and listening about mma from us thank you thank you and likewise and uh, likewise it was good talking to you bala it was good picking your brains on various subjects ranging from your life mm-hmm. your uh, career in mma and coming back to this mma scene in india and back to ufc and back to what's happening all around the world in terms of mma compared to all the other sports so that was it from the combat exchange ladies and gentlemen with karan chauhan my co-host and with our guest bala who, who whom we were very fortunate to have on for a very first episode of the combat exchange so uh, if you are on instagram you can go on and uh, follow us on the combat exchange that is tce podcast and we also have a channel on uh, youtube that is the combat exchange you can follow us there so that's it ladies and gentlemen until next time goodbye